You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today, I'm very excited to have Casey Compton on the podcast. She is our first second time guest. So this is uh, her second time on the podcast. She was also on episode 14. We're so excited to have her back because Casey has a book coming out. Tell us about it, Casey. Oh gosh. Thank you. I already said, um, I'm going to give myself an award. Um, but yours is one of my favorite podcasts because I love talking about money and profitability. So, uh, thank you for that. So the book is a derivative of Mike McAllowitz's fix this next, This book is written specifically for healthcare providers. So healthcare entrepreneurs, anyone that owns any form of a healthcare business. And I just felt like that um, everybody was working so hard during this pandemic. And that's when I decided to write the book and I could see the struggle and I could see all, I mean, all of the good and the bad that people were dealing with the influx of clients. And then, you know, it was kind of like feast or famine. And so I just felt like that, if anyone was going to write a derivative, a fix this next, which I'm sure he's going to have lots more people do. Um, I just wanted to be the first and I want to do it for healthcare. That's really exciting. And I, I love that book. I actually, I have it behind me. You can't see it, but, but I do have fix this next, uh, behind me, but so wait, pandemic is hitting and you decide to write a book, like just add that on top of everything else going on. Yeah, pretty much. I actually tell the story about my decision to write the book in the book. And it's a funny story. I won't spoil it for people, but it um, it really originated when Mike started his certification or certified advisor program. And I was in on a few of those webinars. And whenever he was talking about how your business is comparable to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I was like, wow, you know, that really hits home for me anyway, because um, as a healthcare provider, that's like one of the first things they teach you in grad school. And, um, so I read that and listened to that and just felt like it was the right thing. And then randomly ended up seeing Mike again in Nashville at a conference and got the nerve up to go talk to him. And so we were talking about the book there and I told him that I'd signed up to be an advisor and, um, he was like, Hey, I'm having this thing up in Jersey you want to go? And I was like, yes, (laughs) I do. Um, so I actually went to Jersey at almost this exact date last year before the pandemic just really took off and met with Mike and his team at an event. And then I walked away from that and I messaged him at the airport as I was getting ready to fly back to Kentucky. And I said, this book is mine. I'm writing it. And so it kind of just went from there. And I, uh, spent the summer and the fall, uh, writing and editing. And then here we are a year later. Wow. And well, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, is how, um, is in the book as the business hierarchy of needs. And you've, you've adapted that to healthcare hierarchy of needs. Is that just based on what you've done in your business? Like, how did you, how do you, how did you come up with that? Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to Maureen, um, of the group practice exchange. And we were, 
it doesn't matter, but we were out to dinner, we were eating and she was asking about the book and I was telling her some of the changes that I had made. And she said, wait, what? You mean they let you do that? And I was like, (laughs) I just thought I was supposed to do that. I wasn't going to write his book. I was just doing, I was basically just using his concept of the hierarchy and then adapting it to healthcare. And, um, and then I thought, wait, I bet a lot of people don't realize that this isn't just a copy and paste of the original. This is like a whole new thing. So um, healthcare providers and entrepreneurs, they, re- they have different challenges. And so I wanted to make sure that that was incorporated in the hierarchy. So some of the things are the same. Um, but with the healthcare hierarchy of needs, I took out the top two levels of impact and legacy. So those are not in there. And um Instead, I wove them throughout each of the other three levels, because I think as healthcare providers, that is something that is very, it's at our forefront, you know, our purpose and our why is extremely important to us. And so it didn't really make sense to have them as separate levels. It made more sense to just tie back to that throughout the whole entire book. So that's different. And then within each of the foundational levels, um, there are five core needs that all businesses have. And so some of those are changed as well. And it was really just focused on, or it was, it really came about because of all the work I've done with clients and just seeing their needs and seeing where they get stuck. And um, yeah, to answer your question. Yes. So I, (laughs) I remember when uh, the original, the Mike McCallitz Fix This Next came out last year, and I, I was on uh, various webinars that Mike did, and I remember one of the one of the sticking points for mental health specifically was that everyone wanted to be at legacy um, and an impact already, right? Because yeah. it's so important, and so I love yeah. how you just wove it through. That makes so much sense to me now. I I would not personally have thought of that. So yeah, that, that's really interesting. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Yeah. It was important. And plus, uh, what it also allowed me to do is since I could take those two chapters out and you know how in the original book, he dedicates one chapter to each of the levels. Um, since I did not have those chapters, I was able to, this book is much more action oriented. So not only does it help you identify what, what I call the diagnosis of your practices, but it also gives you, it helps you write a treatment plan and it gives you all of the interventions, which the original Fix This Next cannot do because it's Mm -hmm. not industry specific. So that was probably one of the things that I was most proud of about this book is, you know, you you do a lot of um, Q and A's with therapists and they're always like, so tell me how to do that. Or what does that look like? Or tell me exactly how they just want you to tell them how. And, um, I, I was able to do that in this book. So that's really good. That's really exciting. Um, and so I, one of the reasons I, um, love meeting you and working with you is I've heard you say many times that there has to be profit in your practice. Like that's one of, it has to be one of the goals. And obviously I'm an accountant. So I, I believe in that too, right? That's, that's one of our goals is profit for every practice. So tell us how you went from bankrupt to boss, babe, using this, <laughs> using this system to use yeah. your own words, right? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> this is so important to me and I've always just known this because I am a therapist, but I'm also very rational and I have this analytical unemotional side that I can turn on when I need to, if I'm looking at numbers and can separate and compartmentalize and all those things. Um, but 
I've always had this belief that you have to be profitable because I understand how, if you're not, you're, you're never going to be able to fulfill your goal or your purpose or, you know, your why. And so in the book, I believe it's my chapter two, the whole chapter is about that because healthcare providers in, um, in general, just get stuck on it. Like they get, they don't like how it sounds. They don't like the language. If you try to tell them that profitability comes first or they think you're a jerk, <laughs> you know, it so they're just yucky, right? Yeah. They're like, um, Ew, I don't like that. No, I can never tell my employees that profit comes first. And I'm like, well, you kind of have to, because <laughs> if they don't understand the goal, then how are they working towards the goal in their position? Um, so that's really important. And we talk about that and I try to normalize that and make that um, much less yucky feeling for healthcare providers. But, you know, for me going from bankrupt to boss babe, that was, that was a really challenging point in my life where I was in an employee type role and I was very vulnerable to things that I had no control over. And after a high risk pregnancy and almost or like seven months of flat bed rest, you know, we, we legitimately lost everything that we had pretty much. And, um, I just said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just have to at least be in control of my own outcome. And so that's when I went into this private practice thing. And it, it just became so obvious that if I just laser focus on profitability first, all of the other things naturally happen, you know, all of the client care components and those are all going to happen. But profitability was something that I just had to keep my thumb on because I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, I've seen practices go from doing just fine to barely able to keep the yeah. doors open, like in a month, it's really, really scary. Um, so that whole concept of profit has always been there. And then when I read Mike's book, Profit First, it sort of just tied up all the loose ends in my head. And I was able to, to implement the systems that would keep my business profitable um, and, and safe and made me feel good about what I was doing, whereas I could have never done that before. Yeah. And then th this structure takes that to the next level, right? It's completely separate for profit first, but takes like, you have to have profitability. You have to have sales, like all the different pieces. Um, mm -hmm. You've got this great workbook uh, that comes with the, what is, is the quick start guide. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage everyone to go download that because I think it's amazing. Where, where can that, uh, where can they find that? Casey? So if they go to my website, which is just caseycompton.com, um, it's on there in a lot of places, but if you go under the author tab and then click on fix this next scroll on down to the bottom, there's a section that looks like a ripped out piece of notebook paper and, um, they can just go in, click the button and what the fix, uh, the quick, the fix start, maybe I should have called it the fix start. <laughs> uh, what the quick start is, is a combination of like just the book in a nutshell, this workbook that you're talking about, um, how to diagnose, how to implement a treatment plan. And then a lot of just the behind the scenes, the lost content that got cut out of the book, some of the interviews that we did, some of the bloopers, um, some of the fun stuff. So it's all right there in that, in that quick start. Very fun. Um, so going back, back to the book, um, how do you use systems to create 
a business without you? Like, is that explained in the book? Cause you're the, to me, you're the systems queen. So, so <laughs> is that also in the book? It is as much as I could possibly get in there. So I take the chapter of order. So with the, the level of order that is actually the top of the pyramid. And when people see the, the workbook, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but I got as much systems related stuff into that order chapter as I possibly could. But I also wrote Fix This Next knew, knowing that I was going to write something else after. And so I've already started that and um, been working on that for a couple months now, and it is all systems. And so I kind of got to let, let the rest of my systems um, stuff fly in this, in this second one. Okay. So whatever is not quite in the, in this one will be in the next yeah, one. The next one. Yes. Well, yes. I did not know you were writing another book. That's exciting. Yes, I, I am. I love it too. I love talking about systems. If I could have talked about systems throughout the whole entire book of Fix This Next, I would have. I just, I was just trying to keep it as simple as possible because I know people are busy and I know people are overwhelmed and they did not need something else to add to their to-do list. So we tried to just make this as fun and as light and as impactful as we could possibly make it. And one of the things I like about the fix six, this next system it, it, is that it does give you kind of, here's, here's what the one thing you need to be working on right now. And mm -hmm. just based on the workbook, I would think that your book is going to be exactly the, the same, right? Like this is the one thing, focus on this one thing and then move on to the next thing, right? It is. Yeah. So we had that, the whole theme of time and the to-do list runs through the whole entire book. And, you know, I, I'm sure for a lot of people, I'm, a mom, I have three kids, I have three dogs, I have a lot of businesses, I have a lot of things going and there's always something to do and there's never going to be a shortage of things to do. And if we try or tell ourselves that we have to do it all to be successful, it's ultimately we're going to fail because that's not possible. And so I tried to just humanize people as much as I could in this book to say, you know, actually, you really shouldn't be doing everything on your to-do list. If you're trying to, to make an impact, you really just need to be focusing on the one thing that is going to move your business closer toward its goal. And so, yes, that that exact same thing runs through. I, the difference in mine and Mike's is Mike's, mine's just a little bit more personal when we're talking about time and family and um just obviously written from a woman's perspective, it just looks a little different. Got it. Um, it so speaking of being a woman, um, what do you do when your business is acting like a toddler? I'm a mom <laughs> too. And sometimes it feels like this business is my fourth child. You probably feel that way about your yeah. businesses sometimes. So what do you do when your business <laughs> is throwing a tantrum? Well, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Sometimes <laughs> I'll put it in timeout. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I just have to walk away. Um, Honestly, a, a lot of times whenever your business is acting like a toddler and mine, you know, I'm pretty hands off. I don't really have anything to do with the operations in my group practice anymore. But uh, if I want to find something to fix, it's very easy. I just have to walk down the hall and listen to a few conversations. But when it's acting like a toddler, it's just being so needy. You know, I'm getting requests for things that nobody should be asking me for. They should be able to figure it out on their own. Um, 
just a lot of like little messy, time consuming, whiny, needy things. And honestly, what I usually do when it gets to that point is I just have to give it space. And sometimes it's like, we think that by doing more, it's helping our business, but really we're just suffocating it. And in the end, we only feel suffocated ourselves, And so I just have to back off and go back to empowering the people that I've put in charge of those, those tasks that are becoming toddlerish, and give them space to work it out and uh, come back to them later and say, show me what you did. So that's one thing. That's, that's one way of handling the toddler. One of my favorite things I used to do with my daughter, who's now 11, was the act of ignoring you know, she'd yeah. be over here throwing a fit. I'd be like, wow, this is a really cool pen. I love that pen. And just <laughs> making her just think about her own self and her own behavior and um, me focusing on something else, just giving it space. Just cut, like, I could totally picture a toddler <laughs> doing that. And then you just come back to it when they're calm, like everyone is calm and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem quite as serious anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so by the time the podcast episode airs, your book is going to be available for pre-sale. Tell us where we can find it, pre-order it, all the details. Yes. So I'm just going to admit, this is the first podcast that I've actually asked anyone to buy the book. So, um, I'll give you, um, an award for that too, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it feels really weird because I've never actually asked someone to buy something. So it feels a little odd, but, um, we, this is so important to me and I am just going to ask everybody I know to please buy and support the book. We are trying to focus on Amazon. Um, there's just not a lot of healthcare related business books out there. And I feel like that with everyone supporting this book, we can just drive, um, not only the rankings on Amazon, but we can, we can drive other interests so that more authors will write more healthcare related books for business owners. Um, but yes, it will be available on Amazon. We'll have links on our website. We do have uh, bundles. So let's say that people wanted to do like a pay it forward or they wanted to get a couple people together and buy like three books or something. Um, by the time this podcast airs, we will have all of those bonuses on our on our website. And so um, there's all kinds of extra goodies for any kind of bundles that you get. So that's exciting. We're going to do everything we possibly can to get this book um, ranking on Amazon as high as we can possibly get it. I know I will be pre-ordering. I can't wait to read it. Um, And so the bundles will be on your website, which is caseycompton.com, right? Yes. All right. Perfect. Casey, thank you so much for being my first second time guest. Very (laughs) excited to have you and best of luck. I cannot wait to read your book. Thank you. Let me know what you think too. I will. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.